Welcome, welcome, parents, to Encourage Radio. I don't know why. I just feel like saying this right now. It's Raina's statement. It's a brand new day. Amen. Why does that song, like, what's the guy's name in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air that does that? He's all over Instagram. He does this funky dance. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway. Yes. Yeah. It makes me want to do that dance. I'll have to show you guys that. (laughs) Raina's looking at me like, what is Fresh Prince of Bel Air? No, Um, I do know. I just can't remember his name. I watched it. Uh, uh, whatever. It's Will always on the, the images at the bottom of your uh, phone whenever you're yeah, trying Jacob's to put like it. happy dance. He's always the one that's doing the happy Well, he's dance. also the new host of Dancing with the Stars, I think. That's ah, yeah. Okay, there you go. Okay, All right, okay. well, that's his dance. So that makes me just want, listening to that makes me want to just do that dance. So mom and dad, it's a brand new day. Yes. It, you may have lost some sleep last night. Uh, maybe the kids brought home um, a report depending upon what time of the year you're listening to this. Um, I don't know. Maybe they went to a friend's house and couldn't make it through the sleepover and you had to go pick them up. But today's a brand new day. Yes. And we're going to deal with that. So in the room, as always, uh, are your host, uh, which is myself, Rod and Raina Smith. Hello. Hello. There she is. And of course, we have Jacob Miller running things. Hey, hey, hey. And back with us is Rayleigh Smith. Hi. Miller. It's okay. Rayleigh Smith <laughs> down to the core. Miller. Wow. I am becoming. Yes. Oh, how funny. We are so sorry. On Thanks the for recovering record, me on that. I accidentally put Benjamin Smith. <laughs> Did I tell you this right after you guys got married? I didn't change your name in my phone. And so out of habit, I was like, hey, Siri, call Ray. I mean, wait, wait. I changed your name. Okay. Right? I changed your name to Rayleigh Miller. and But I said, hey, Siri, call Rayleigh Smith. And it went, we don't recognize that contact. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, oh I, I changed it. So I did change it. So yes, yes, yes. But we are so thankful to have all of you guys um, in the room. And this episode I have been looking forward to. I know you have as well. Rayleigh, here's the title, Small Beginnings. Mm-hmm. And love it that you're here for so many reasons, as we discussed in um, episode three. Uh, so go back and listen why, so we can just jump right to the point. But um, obviously, Rayleigh and Jacob are new parents. And so depending upon when this podcast released, it is a little bit date-related, but that's okay um, because some of these dates we're going to mention in the life of uh, Benjamin, in the life of Rayleigh and Jacob parenting, um, we're going to have to mention some of these dates. So here's here's the thought behind this. Um, big outcomes start with small beginnings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big outcomes start with small beginnings. And so we want to talk about the importance of the small things. Yeah. And so, to be honest, like, can I, can I say this? Like, um, I'm still amazed at how many parents just don't know some of these little things. I know. And I literally was just talking to a parent here at the church um, in my office hours before we recorded, and they were like, when you shared with me that philosophy, they were like, I I had never thought of that. And so we know this is an important thing. And to be honest, I don't know that Ron and Raina would have known that. Raina just dug in as a parent. You've heard her story. She's like, I don't want to um, parent the way you know I saw, if you will. And so I want to learn. 
and she dug in and learned a lot of this. And so a lot of what we're going to talk about, this is Raina and Rayleigh's um, little area. So let's talk about the, the importance of small beginnings. And here's the one I love. And then we're just going to let you guys run with the rest of this, okay? I love the concept. I love watching it happen. Like I couldn't wait until Benjamin was it's born. It's so true. You were so looking forward to this. I Because it works. It does. Start talking. Yeah. And start talking early and frequently. Like, okay, can I can I also say this? I find I'm amazed that parents don't know they can talk to their baby. I know. Yes. Mm. Or that they're listening. Or that they're listening. Now that may sound so ridiculous. Yeah. And I apologize because I, that doesn't mean you're ridiculous. That's not what I mean, but how we miss that. Yes. And I guess I, now saying it out loud, I guess I see why we miss it because it's just such a small thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh but Rayleigh, Raina, you you guys talk on this topic right now. Like how important how important? Why should we start talking to them early and frequently? Talk talk about why. What have you learned? Whoever wants to jump in, talk with over each other. Let's go. Okay. I'm going to jump in just because it's so fresh. And for me, um, there was this quote, and it was actually by Helen Keller. Um, and she said, imagine your thoughts without words. Oh, you can't. You can't. And mm. it's because the way that your brain actually forms connections is through words. Mm. There is some kind of language associated to the world you're experiencing. And those words help you categorize that information. So from a purely wow. neurological level, um, it is important to speak to your child because you are actually forming their brain patterns. Mm. Yeah. So Jeez. that is it's huge. It's massive. Like you are just pointing at, at literally everything literally pointing at everything like lamp light. Like it can be as simple as that, but also things like inflection and body language and facial expression. All of that is some kind of communication to your child. And it is helping them make meaning as well as make sense of the world around them. Yeah. Okay. That's so, that's so critical. I know Randy, you were ready to jump in on that, but I mean, let me just go back to that really quick. Like when you're walking by a lamp, Mm-hmm. Okay, this is what Raina does. It's so true. Oh my gosh, so well in everything. Like in our house, and she's holding Benjamin, and he was like three days old. I don't know. She's walking up the steps and she's counting steps. I'm going up one, two, three. Like, and she's going, this is a lamp, this is this and that, and this is that. So that is so critical. Like, I want to say that again, like, point out that's a lamp, that's a table, that's a rock, this is a light. And inflection is so key. Now, let me just pause because. You may not think you're talking to your baby directly, but your baby's still listening to your tone around the house. We'll jump on that one later. But they're hearing your mom. They're hearing you argue or yell or just the television that you're watching. Like, Rayleigh, what you said, words form as thoughts in our brain. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so your child has to begin to wire its brain somehow. I know, Randy, you're ready to jump in on this. Let's go. What do you want to say? I'm just giggling because the first thing that a two-year-old starts doing is saying, what's this? Why is this? They're already asking yeah. that at birth. Yeah. So it's up to us as parents yes. to start sharing that because they're already asking that as their first words. Yeah. Yeah. And we so many times miss that, that those basic beginnings of how to yeah. or what is comes from us. And we have that gift of sharing Within that innocence, um, I know that Raya kept Benjamin last night, and she was just talking about having that one-on-one time with him or with a little one, and realizing the innocence, the preciousness of of what they're taking in. And yeah. like I share with our toddler teachers and our 
our three-year-old teachers. I'm like, you get to be the first one to share Jesus with a child. Wow, that's a thought. You get to be that first one to show who God is and how much he loves them. Yeah, yeah. And by your inflection, your time, it, we model all of that, as well as we model structure mm-hmm. very early as we're curled up in that rocker and we're reading that book and we're teaching them how to turn the page, how to identify on the page. Yeah, Not that it's not funny that they start chewing the book, they start doing things, but it's the little things yeah. of learning how to read the book and turn yeah. the page that leads to that next discipline issue or self-awareness like you talked about earlier. I mean, we don't need to teach a child to be selfish. Um, It's that moral balance. And God is a God of order. And many times we think, oh, they can be fidgeting and doing other things and they're still listening to me. Oh, yeah. No. Well, that what if God did not have somebody's like, okay, Moses, I need you to listen to me. Right. Yeah. But you go ahead and do your own thing. Do it on your own time. I know you're listening to me and you're doing your own thing. Right. No, there are times when we are helping our children learn how to self-navigate. And it starts with those early right. words and those early actions. Yeah. And Rayleigh, you and Jacob have experienced so much of this. So just share a little bit more, you know, your thoughts on this. And Raina mentioned some of So, you know, I said, start talking. She was like, start reading. That's so important. But those are our little talking points. But you you talk, like, tell us what, what have you learned in these stages on small beginnings? Uh, well, I think the biggest thing for us was we realized that, um, When it came to starting to talk, like the first year of parenting so far has really been God's grace in your practice as a parent, because Benjamin is so full of grace and so full of love. So that way, like really, whenever I am talking, I am doing, I am taking inventory of what is on my heart and on my mind. So like if I'm spending, I've noticed that I'm talking a lot about my day. I'm talking a lot about things like, okay, this is lunch. This is dinner. Like sometimes it's really easy to be task oriented Mm -hmm. and it just shows you what the priority of your own mind and heart is because Mm. you're saying it out loud Mm. to Benjamin and you're like, oh, wait, okay, so this is what I'm telling kids is my priority because this is what I'm focused on. Yeah, it is so difficult to intertwine Jesus throughout your day if you're not already looking for him. Wow. It's so true because like on the days that I didn't get up and make at least some priority of a quiet time or if I maybe like the music I was listening to around the house Mm. or I just didn't organize my day in such a way to where I could anticipate it. Like things like preparation and organization, they're not just good skills. They are essential. So you actually have time and space to think about Jesus. It is so, it is so true. And we needed it personally in order to take inventory of what was on our hearts and minds. And so that way we knew we were on the same page because this has been my thing is I always wanted from the beginning for Jacob and I to be a team, because let's be real. I was figuring it out just as much as he was. Yeah. And even though I'm the mom, at the same time, like he's the dad. Yeah. And so we both have this, okay, how are we both talking? How, what is on both of our minds and hearts and how are we doing this together in order to paint a vivid picture of who Jesus is and what we want Benjamin to see as a priority in our lives? Mm, yeah. That, uh, every bit of what you're saying is, is absolutely so true. And you got, and we get the beauty of, you know, certainly watching it, um, and sort of standing back, there's some some things we can help you on as mom and dad and try to give, but there's some that you just have to learn on your own. And you guys yeah. have done such an amazing job 
Um, so here, before we get it too far from this, and Rayleigh, I want you to continue to expand on it because you mentioned some things that you really wanted to talk about. Here, to me, is is something that, for, for me, the takeaway, and you know, I mentioned it in our little earlier, learning these, now listen to what I'm about to say, learning these crucial daily disciplines, mm-hmm. talking, reading, pointing things out, noting your inflection, preparing for the environment that you're either in or you're about to go in, okay? Crucial daily disciplines are only going to help soften these discipline issues. So what I mean by that is daily disciplines of reading, talking, smiling, choosing, spending time with, all of that, believe it or not, is preparing for the future when you will have to discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Your child's going to have to be disciplined. They, they come into this world, and like Raina said, there's so much innocence, and you get to be the first one to share so much with them because literally your words are helping their brain form thoughts, which ultimately form words, which you know forms behaviors. Yep. And so that's why these small beginnings are so critical because all of these little, little, little practices you're doing that you might think are insignificant, you might think are a little ridiculous or redundant, in those first few months, first few years, you will see them, to borrow your terminology, you will see what you planted in their soil. You will see that harvest begin to grow at age two, three, four, five, and six. It is so true. And it's be- so for us, um, if I could do a commercial, and I so wish I was sponsored by her, but taking care of babies, mm. if you have not heard of her I wish I could give you her stuff for free. Like genuinely, it is the best gift you could ever give a new mom. Wow. And it's because like your kid, you have no idea what pacifier they're going to like. You have no idea what swaddle they're going to go through. What kind of diaper is going to fit them? Trust me. We went through the charcuterie board of all of those things. Oh, how funny. Like, but the one thing that you need on the daily basis is how am I going to make a decision together with my husband or with my spouse about how we're going to structure our day? Yeah. And yeah. And it's because like I... As much as I want to use the term structure or I want to use the term what is our schedule, really it's a rhythm because the truth is there is not one day ever, not one day ever that you are ever going to follow every exact point of your schedule. That's a good word, rhythm. Like it's a rhythm, meaning like a rhythm, like Jacob and I are both um, very involved in worship. And so we have a metronome where it is a consistent click. And only when everyone has that single source of truth Mm. is everyone able to be united on their individual instruments. Mm. And so a schedule is a, or a rhythm as a uniting point for everyone who's making decisions in the home to know what is expected. So that's the first part. But at the same time, a schedule or a rhythm is three things. There is the biological side of it for your child. So when you're, Mm. when your baby is born, um, there are still so many things that are developing after birth. One of them actually being melatonin. And melatonin is not fully developed until they're six months old, I believe. We'll have to go and do the research on that. So please let me know. But I do know that it is pretty late in the game after they're born, which means that the only thing telling your child what is night and day is your schedule. Wow. In our bodies, we have melatonin, which tells us, okay, as the sun is coming up, it's going to factor in some sunlight in my eyes, which then tells my melatonin levels to go down. So then my, um, so then my cortisol can rise, but then all of a sudden when the sun goes down, melatonin rises. So I know when to sleep. Babies don't have that. Yeah, boy. So the only thing that actually tells those hormones when to fire is your rhythm, Uh is your schedule. So that's the first one at a biological level. The second one at an emotional and a social level uh, for having a rhythm and a schedule is going to know, okay, your child 
physically does not always have what it takes to communicate with you. Nope. They all they have is a variety of cries and the language of cries works. Also Google that. It totally works. But part of that is not everything is going to be met with food. And so by having a rhythm, if you know things like, oh, it's been two and a half hours since they woke up, they're around six months old, which means that means they're probably ready for a nap. You immediately took every possible communication that it could have been and you narrowed it down to one decision Mm. and you're able to accurately show the need meet the need with the right response Mm. versus I really don't know what you're saying. And if it's hunger, maybe this will work. And then you're actually training their body to crave food in order to, when it could have just been tiredness, it could have been, this is a really loud room. This could have been like, I'm itching, maybe like a diaper is full. So having a rhythm not only gets everyone on the same page and unifies decision-making sets their biological and physiological, physiological clock determines their emotional and social response. The very last one, which is the key one that's going to set you up for the rest is the spiritual behind it. Mm. So the whole thing behind a rhythm means that there are going to be times you have to wait for something. And if we're going to go deep in and ask your question, ask yourself this question, why do I wait? Mm. Apart from Christ, there is no reason for self-control. Like I wait because I have a need to control my spirit. Yeah. I wait because this puts somebody else first. I wait because this long-term benefit is better for me. Mm. That is so the opposite of Mm. sin. That is so the opposite of rebellion. So even in those early days, you're training yourself as a parent and you're training your child that self-control is a godly discipline and so is waiting. So then whenever they're two years old and it's time to wait for your meal, why do I wait for my meal? Okay, well, maybe because there's other people at the table. Maybe you're honoring your host. Like those are things that require compassion and morality beyond just I'm hungry. Okay, so hey, now you said this earlier, but I have to say it because it's still ringing in my head. You said there's so much information out there on how to raise an intelligent child. Yes, there is. Okay, but then you said what they really need is how to raise a moral child. Correct. Okay, so this is the Waterstone Academy side coming out of me. And so the <laughs> Waterstone on. Academy side coming out of me is when you really think of academics as a standalone, it is really just the application of logic, reason, but also beauty and art. That is academics. However, in order to appreciate and accomplish those things, it's really not intelligence that navigates it. It's Mm-mm. morality. Yes. It is yes. it is focus. It is attentiveness. Mm. It is critical thinking. Right. It is it is um, problem solving. Those are not academic skills. Right. Those are moral skills. Mm. So yes. like if you actually notice a child in a classroom who is not always performing well, I'm not saying it's not related to subject matter. It might be. But really, it's like, okay, are they focusing? Right. Are they? Do they know how to study? Do they know how to reason? Do they know how to problem solve? Those are moral disciplines. Mm. And there's not a lot of that material out there beyond the word of God. Wow. And that is a huge thing that you can encourage in your child. Because, I mean, we're looking at like baby food right now. <laughs> and there's literally baby food where you can take a quiz on what brain nutrients they need for their intelligence. There are entire entire uh. subscription boxes, which I mean, I'm not going to lie, we subscribe to, is like in order to develop their intelligence of those milestones at that age. There's so many things surrounding what makes an intelligent child, but those things are only going to be as successful as you as a parent are stewarding the morality My of gosh, your child in that order is to make so, that happen. So 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 important. Enroll your kids in Waterstone Academy right now. <laughs> now that's I mean I'm I'm, I'm serious, but then I was kind of joking. But that is so. Like, I've never thought of it. I mean, I've preached it, but never thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like what, what we bought the book that everybody buys, right? What's it called? Like how to have a smarter child or what, whatever it oh, was. Oh yeah, um, it was um, how to have a smarter baby in like ninety ha- days. No, mine was like I think how to how to how to have a smarter baby. But of course, yeah, and um, we did the growing kids God's yeah, way, dare to discipline things like that. And it was, you know, they were, you know, Doctor James Dobson. It used to right. say, you know, a child learns its morals and values by the age nine, and now right. they backed it up to age seven, Jeez. and now they backed it up to age five. Well, I've had many parents say, how do I teach moral and values to a five-year-old? Oh, I got this. Okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? Hold on. This blew my brain. (laughs) This totally blew my brain. Okay. So studying Hebrews right now, and we're doing Bible in a year. So we've walked through like Exodus and Leviticus. Guys, get this. God gave us the plan. Yes, he did. It's a shocker, but no, it's real. (laughs) Let's think about this. Okay. God, the way that we learn morality is we always learn moral behavior before we learn moral concept. And that is literally Old Testament, New Testament. Yes, it is. Like they came out of Exodus. The first thing God laid on them was 10 commandments. I know, right? They gave them law. They gave them structure and order. And they're over here like, I don't understand why I got to do that. But like God gives some reasons why. But really, he gives them moral behavior and then he gives them the whole thing of Leviticus. And it's all these like very rigid instructions on how to behave. And then when Christ comes, the Holy Spirit steps in. That is when moral concept comes to fruition. Things like, okay, love your neighbor as yourself. That has always been there the whole time. Yes. That was the reason for the Ten Commandments. But the same is true in your parenting. Mm. You are not a bad parent if you just tell your child, okay, put your hands in your lap and do not throw your toys off the top. You don't have to like tell them why when they're eight months old. You can for your own practice, quite honestly, but you can say, okay, we're going to leave our hands on the table. And if they continue to reject that, you're teaching moral behavior. And then later on, you can teach moral concept, but it is not a bad thing to do that. They can't get the concept just yet, but yeah, anyway, right. But, but te- God did that to us. Yes, well, he did. And that's what we've talked about before about, you know, parent controlled, self-controlled, God controlled. That's the goal. Yep. Because we want them to have that obedience to Christ whenever he speaks into their life. Mm. Mm. And for them not to ruminate like, oh, well, what about this? I think I want to do this. No, it all started back at the small steps, mm-hmm. yeah. the small things of obedience. And. And one of the main main words that's mentioned all through the book of Leviticus, probably the, the word that's mentioned the most is the word clean or cleanse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so it has, it, it's very seldom does it deal with intelligentsia. It deals like what you're saying. It deals with morality because clean is a moral issue. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you can have the smartest kid in the world, but if they lack compassion, if they lack empathy, mercy, yes. if they lack all of that, then, you know, you know you're, you're spot on with that. That is spot on. But you can teach morality, what we're talking about, in these small little beginnings yes. by your conversation. Yeah. Your, it, it really is inferred. Like uh, there's two, there's multiple ways to tell time, and I'm looking at a clock right now. I can either look at the clock and say it's not this time, but I can say um, it's 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Or I can go, it's 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. You know, just in that little instance, I can infer <laughs> my morality on time. So this is absolutely, if you're, if you're listening to episode four, um, in episode three, I think we got up to ideas of episode 10, 11, 12, 13. I think we're on episode 21 that with all the ideas so you're throwing funny. out right now. Well, it is so true because I what hit me with that one is the word hasten. Remember when we started uh, doing that? Oh, yeah. Instead of, hurry, 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 we're running late, we're running late. I had switched it to hasten. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes, we need to get Small there. Small little changes. We need to move forward. But how I present it, yeah. how I present 
obedience or follow through or consequences in my voice, um, in my demeanor, um, being able to squat down and direct something, you know, at the time, hey, let's talk about this. This is what happens instead of yelling at them or talking bad about them in front of others or our actions. If we're wondering why our kids are talking bad about others. Yeah. Well, what are you doing as a parent? Yeah. Yeah, They hear mom and dad. So I guess as like a, as a recap of these concepts, like whenever it says, talk to your kid, like, yes, talk to them, tell them for their thoughts. But at the same time, use it as your own self inventory. What is my inflection? What is it obvious that I prioritize? What do I talk about the most? Yeah. And then how do I talk more about Jesus in this scenario? Yeah. You can figure out ways to do that by reading to them. There are some phenomenal books out there. Um, Once again, I'm going to do a commercial. Um, Theology by Jenny Allen mm. um, yeah. is a five part series on theology for kids. And it is wonderful because this is another note, but there's a lot of books out there that focus on the can'ts, the don'ts, and the won'ts. Yeah. And the it, negative. It, it doesn't mean to, but it forms a negative version of everything. And you yes. don't right. want that to be their main neural network. Not saying it can't be present. But this one is all about the positives of I am God. I can do this. Like all of that. Wonderful. And then uh, finally, like making sure you have some kind of sense of rhythm in your home. And it's going to be huge. All three of those layered together are going to end up creating moral behavior and moral practice, which will then lead to moral concept. Oh, it does. And so here's one of the things we've learned is that daily disciplines. So earlier, let me just rehearse, uh, review this. Crucial daily disciplines like we're talking about that, that help form morality as well as intelligentsia. We get that. Um, they're going to soften those moments when you do have to discipline. Yes. yes. Now, I joked. I did. I joked. I was a grandpa. I am a grandpa. I joked that when Benjamin was born, he was born without sin. He was the most perfect <laughs> thing in the world. It was a joke. It was a joke. Please don't write in and tell me my theology's off. Mm-hmm. It's not. Um, I was joking, but he's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not perfect as a mom, as a dad. Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect. We're not. Okay, we know that. So you're going to have to discipline him, and you're already seeing that. Okay. Yeah. But those crucial disciplines, daily disciplines of reading, talking, those small beginnings help soften the disciplines when they have to come. Why? Because these daily disciplines we're talking about, they literally set the tone for discipline in the home. They set the tone for security in his environment, Mm -hmm. security in your environment, which makes him want to learn. If you don't feel safe to learn about morality, you're just going to shut down and not be open. Um, and it helps when those those absolute moments of discipline. So in the timing of this, you know, Rayleigh, you and I were talking, and and um, Benjamin had gone through a a, a another sort of sleep cycle shift yes. for just a moment, and um, then he was back, and I was like, oh, okay, so now the the sleep time has shifted to this, and then you said this, you said yes, and what I've learned is if I had not been consistent mm-hmm. in the different sleep cycles, by the time we arrived at this one, it would have made it much more difficult. Yeah. Yes. And we're only talking eight months of life mm-hmm. at this point, and it's very small little things, it's right? It's so true. Big, big moments. We only get to big moments because they're all made up of Small, 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 small moments. Um, And Jacob, you know, of course, Rayleigh's invited in on this conversation. Do you have anything that you want to add into this? Obviously, you're Benjamin's dad, and you're learning as well. I mean, no, yeah, me too. I mean, I I was learning the whole way because that Mm -hmm. was was something I had to learn how to talk to him, how to 
like how yeah. to help teach them and all those things. So, but talk uh, about the guardian of small moments. So especially yeah. in those early days, like I honestly thought like every cry was like, I didn't feed him enough. It came from, it came from a genuine insecurity about like me as a mom. And Jacob was the one who was like, Rayleigh, what is the rhythm we're aiming for? So yeah. don't I, like, don't go humble on this one. Like you were the <laughs> one who was guarding, guarding that rhythm. Yeah. I was like the one being like, okay, let's, let's bring it back. Let's not go. Uh, all yeah, you were. It. You were very good and strong in that. So thank you. Thank yeah. You. Um, that was something I was like, okay, I I think I need to take charge of because looking at all the different things, like the schedule is hard in the beginning. The first couple of months, it's like, okay, all this is new, changing, you know, it's going from here and there. But um, yeah, uh, the communication thing was something, I, it's wonderful now I, we get to see Benjamin, how he's grown and how he is like he understands things. And yeah. so um, that's the, the... Y'all did absolutely fabulous. I look back at the conversations Raina and I had when we found out you guys were um, were pregnant and we stood in disbelief around the Christmas tree. Nobody said anything. <laughs> oh for like, my gosh. It was the most awkward 15 <laughs> seconds ever. It was pretty bad. It was funny. We still laugh at that. That's funny. But I look back at it and we were like, oh man, you know, forget sleep for three months. I mean, we we weren't ba- we weren't like that, like yeah. super negative, but... Um, you know, you you guys have done even I think far better than what uh, we did as parents. I mean, y'all. Of course, there's a lot more available resources mm-hmm. um, that are out there and so forth. But y'all, you both had your strengths and you matched them together and came through this. And the result is, you know, Lord willing, and so far, a healthy little baby boy. But it's the small, small things. You can't say that enough. I think enough. the thing is, is they're ever learning. Yeah. yeah. And unless a parent has that will to learn beyond who they are, mm. um, That's I mean, you have to know that you need to be ever learning and kind of right on the edge of what's coming ahead. Mm. And I think that's what y'all have done as parents, that you dug into what you did not know. Mm. You announced what we don't know Mm -hmm. and that you were willing to work together and get on a playing field and a game plan of being able to um, submit to each other, yeah. you know, because, yeah, Rayleigh, yeah. you're an alpha personality, uh. too. You know, <laughs> like Ron said, we have like three alpha girls, which is absolutely wonderful. But I love how you partner with each other yeah. and you continue to do 110 percent on each side. Yeah. And you don't like this is mine. This is yours. No, no, no. no you kind of work that out together. Yeah. And I think that's where that daily humility and it goes back to those small steps let me say something that you obedience. keep hitting on that you were really really still are still really really good at um as a new mom you thought steps ahead yeah like some i'll never forget somebody told you they're like all right even when your baby's in a in a car seat and you take them to a restaurant for the first time and they start crying how are you going to respond and they said something like this like eat dinner at home kind of a thing and Act like you're going to go out to dinner. That way, if you don't eat, you're not disappointed. You can get up and leave. So you would plan fake trips to the mall, kind of a thing. <laughs> like awesome. she would plan, like she would plan. I fa- do fake trips to the grocery store. Yes. Yeah. Like just in case you guys acted up. I don't want to go to the grocery store. You you threw temper tantrum, which you never did. But just in case, and we said we're leaving the grocery store. Mom already had groceries bought, so it didn't matter. She could leave the grocery store, and she mm-hmm. followed through with that. So when you say plan steps ahead, you really like think what you're going to say at mealtime. Plan for the environment that you're about to go into, whether it's you're going out to dinner. What are we going to do if 
if they have a dirty diaper, they go through their third outfit. Are we prepared to go home? Think about the environment you're about to, you know, like you guys, Rayleigh and Jacob, do so well um, staying with the worship rehearsal schedule on Thursday nights with Benjamin, getting here early on Sunday mornings. Like I get here around 6.30. You guys are like 7.15 and sometimes earlier within that window. What you have to do to get him up. So once again, parents are like, my kid, I can't get him up that early for church. I mean, you're generation number two of disproving that theory. And the, the, little, the little one just enjoys it so much here. But um, anyway, think ahead of all those environments because every little small thought and every little small plan that goes into every bit of that sets the tone for his morality, his experience, how he's going to respond to it, his intelligentsia. You guys have done well at, at, at crafting that. So small beginnings are absolutely critical. Anything that you want to add on that, Rayleigh? I would just say um, like it, it, a lot of it goes back to that rhythm and having some version of it. It's okay if there's a little bit of flex in it. I would say when it comes to pr- planning environments, don't just look at your day-to-day. Mm. Think of your week. Mm. So like for yep. instance, like if you have a little one, and I'm just telling you this because I've learned, like if you know that, okay, Benjamin is about to be out three days in a row coming up this weekend, if I yeah. have the opportunity to work from home or if I have the opportunity to set a little bit of schedule to where he has some solid days, then when he's out in those environments, he's much more prepared. Yeah. Um, also prepare your caretakers. Like if, mm. um, if like as much as you can be on the same page, like you really can't do this without your support system, but support your support system. Let yeah. them know what your rhythm is. Let them know what your care and your discipline is, what your favorite books are, all of those things. So the consistency carries no matter what environment your child is well, in. You know, think about it. We, we do the same thing as like I woke up today. And I know Jacob and I are kind of on the same thinking as, as well. I, I woke up today and I looked at the weather, um, you know, all the way out to Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we do the same thing. Like yeah. as parents, as, as adults, we get up and we look days out. Yeah. So what, what do I wear? What's going to happen? Where do I need to be? Just because they're babies doesn't mean they don't have that same expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but they don't know that. But you set that mm-hmm. by looking days ahead. Like we look ahead for weather and calendar and groceries and events. Teach them that as well. So, here's what I know: you have to state the expectation, even when they're little kids. Like, yeah, he's five months old. She's five months old. But you can say, today we're going to go do this, and here's how we're going to respond. Like. Tell them that. Yeah. You may think they're just five months old and slobbering, but no, they're processing. Mm-hmm. State the expectation, set the expectation, and then stick to the Amen. expectation. Yeah. And I think that's the, because we talk about in the children's area, stop, drop, and roll. You know, I mean, it's kind of like you have to follow through. But one thing I wanted to say is right now, as you're setting your schedule, Mm. you know, you talk about, well, oh, Benjamin was able to sit and have his own quiet time for 15 minutes. Mm. Setting that time as an early little one, you're teaching them to have their own quiet time. Yeah. yeah. So later on, it is not new whenever right. they're having their Jesus time. Well, because we started way back of self-contentment, yes. um, being able to self-process and kind of entertain myself for a few minutes and, and have my alone time. But I'm watching mom have her quiet time during that time. That's going to... that. That speaks volumes in the future. So later on, they realize that my daily quiet time is just as important as getting up and having breakfast and things like that. But it is those small steps of of self-discipline, being able to be aware. And so your schedule 
dictates also that morality wow. that we've talked about. That's huge. Like yeah. that's that's how many episodes are we up to now? I don't know, but that's a huge, huge topic. Well, we want to be uh, we want to be respectful of mom and dad's time, and we know there's so many things we could get into. Um, and so, yes, make sure you guys uh, start writing in your questions on subject matter that you see coming out. Uh, this is episode four, and so we've just now launched that arena where you can ask questions. You see the future topics. But even as you're listening to this, and you know, write in your questions yeah. to us and send those in on on more specifics. We're trying to give you as much as we can in the 30, 30 some minutes and be respectful every time. We know we could do so much more. Um, but make sure you ask, write in, um, and share. And and Lord willing, I don't know where we'll be in this in the future, but we might be able to even provide like transcripts of this. Um, so if you don't go back and listen to it, if you will, you can have it in writing. Um, and so we pray a lot of resources come out of this just beyond the podcast. I know it will as Waterstone Academy is being developed. Uh, one of the things I well, you know, lovingly challenged Rayleigh on is not every parent's going to attend Waterstone Academy. Mm-hmm. And we know that. And that's okay. So what material can we create that helps show them what the Academy is teaching? Because it's so much more than reading, writing, arithmetic. It literally is how you can develop the soil of the soul of your child and help them grow into Christ mm-hmm. and steward how God has blessed them. That's we say the word academy, um, but it's so much more than that. It's it's life, it's mission, it's 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 their calling and how you craft them toward that. Any last quick words from Rayleigh, Jacob, Raina? Nope. You guys have done awesome, and mom and dad, thank you. I want to end the way we ended in terms of words from episode three is God is a God of grace. Mm -hmm. God is a God of hope. He's a gracious God and a loving God, and you may feel like a a failure as a parent right now, but be blessed. Um, You know, God is your ultimate heavenly Father, and he will guide you in this. So we pray for you. We pray for wisdom. We pray for wisdom. We pray for discernment. And as we wrap this thing up, my favorite tune in the whole world, we are praying for you to be encouraged. Do not let the devil discourage you. Do not let the devil keep you in, in a spirit of defeat or deceit or despondency. You let... God and the Word of God encourage you today. We pray this podcast has done just that. Well, be encouraged. Be blessed. We love you guys. We're praying for you. Say goodbye to the audience. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Hug your babies. Woo-hoo. Hug your babies. It's Have a brand a, new day. It's a brand new day. God bless. <laughs> <laughs>